0: Simply put, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit as described by Jesus in Matthew 12 is one of the most controversial and misunderstood statements of Jesus in all of scripture. And on top of this all, this is perhaps one of the most important statements he has ever said that we need to understand. Because he described the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit as the unforgivable sin. And if this sin is truly unforgivable, as he said, isn't it imperative for us to actually understand what exactly is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Now, many have many theories regarding this. Many believe that it simply means that you deny Jesus as your Messiah or your savior. Yeshua, the Messiah. You say, no, I don't follow you. And that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But is that really as simple as it gets? Or is there something deeper that Jesus wants us to understand, something deeper? We will only truly discover if we read this story in context, read what he said in context. You see, brothers and sisters, the reality is that oftentimes we love to take our doctrines and, and ideas and theologies regarding what our Messiah said. And we try and make it say what is most comfortable to hear instead of simply looking at it in context and just accepting it for what it says. Now, I do understand how important it is to get this teaching right. In fact, this is actually the second time of me doing this. I have published a teaching on the blessing of the Holy Spirit before, and I have since taken it down so I can present this one to you. I did this not because my position has changed, but rather because in this teaching, I would like to spend more time on it to answer every angle I can possibly think of. Because many people would come to this teaching, maybe you're one of them, and you're asking yourself the question of, what is it? But also, have I done it? Have I blasphemed the Holy Spirit? You know, and if you're asking yourself that question, I really hope that this teaching will be able to help you answer it. So we're going to jump right into Matthew 12 and look at what Jesus himself said. And we're going to read this entire story so we can get the full picture. In Matthew 12, verse 22, we read, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan calls out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathers not with me scatters abroad. Wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. And whoever speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever speak against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him. neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Jesus gives us a few hints. And one of the most important ones is the context itself of him saying all of this. He just didn't just say this out of nowhere. He was saying tell, teaching them about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit when the Pharisees were doing something specific against him. There was a deliverance session going on. Jesus was casting out the demon out of this person. And the Pharisees saw all this. They see the deliverance. They see the freedom. They see the miracle. They hear it. The people have witnessed it and people are talking about it. And everyone understands this person was before in bondage he needed deliverance. He was, he was filled with demons. And after, after Jesus encountered him, now this person is without demons. This person is free. There's a change that is positive. There is deliverance glory to God and everyone sees this. All the people are amazed. The scriptures even say that. But then the Pharisees come even after seeing all the freedom and all the signs. And they say, no, he casts out demons, not by anything else except Beelzebub, the prince of demons now jesus replies of an interesting thing and he says guys you're deceived because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand a demon has no interest in casting out another demon because that would be like an uh, the soldiers of an army killing the guys on your own team no jesus explains and, and he under, and we all supposed to understand that The kingdom of darkness is against the kingdom of light and a demon can never cast out a demon. A demon will never do so. And what is really getting at here is there's a deeper teaching of whenever there is a deliverance, whenever there is a demon cast out, if a person is oppressed, a casting out of demons happens and then the person is free, that must be by the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. It must be by the Holy Spirit. It cannot be by on any other spirit except God's spirit. And you know what that means? It means that it doesn't matter how much you disagree with someone's theology. It doesn't matter what you think of them. If they're causing out demons and there is deliverance happening and it's real, it's by the Holy Spirit. God has permitted in that moment his Holy Spirit to land on someone and empower them to cast out demons out of someone else. Glory to God. And so we must always be careful not to make the mistake the Pharisees did. So what was their sin? What was the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? It was simply this. Jesus was explaining to them the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and how it is unforgivable because he was basically telling the Pharisees they have committed it. Why? They were so confused, so without discernment, and and part of the kingdom of darkness already because that because they were unable to tell black from white, good from evil. They were unable to even tell or at least admit that someone has been totally set free. And this is why Jesus says, if you are not for me, you're against me. You who is not with me, gathers. With, he who doesn't gather with me will scatter abroad. There is only two kingdoms, and you're either one or the part of one or the other. And he's telling these Pharisees, "You're part of the kingdom of darkness." I'm sorry, and because you're part of this kingdom of darkness, you have spoken and blasphemed against the Holy Spirit, and your sin will not be forgiven you. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit was when they called the clean works the clean spirit of God, the works of a demon. They had subtle discernment that they weren't able to tell the difference. And so they call the Holy Spirit unholy. They call His clean works unclean. And that was the blasphemy. Now, it, some people have said that it is not. This is not what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. But rather, it is simply the moment when we don't accept Christ as our Savior. Or when we, or people would also say that, well, we can't do blasphemy of the Holy Spirit anymore because it must be Jesus who does the miracle that we say is the work of a demon. But that is not what he explains. Jesus actually says here in Matthew 12 verse 31, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven. And he who speaks a word against the son of man, it will be forgiven. But he who speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, not in this world or in the world to come. So this is not talking about just speaking against Yeshua, against Jesus Christ or denying him as your Messiah and thereby giving up salvation. Even though doing that will grant you eternal separation from God, the blessing of the Holy Spirit is not that. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you speak against the works of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he plainly just said there. He said, he who speaks a word against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven, not in this world or in the world to come. And furthermore, we can't say that this is just applicable on Jesus himself and that Jesus must be the one who does the works of the Holy Spirit. Because today, everyone who are those who are filled with his Holy Spirit can work do works by the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about blasphemy against the son of man here. We're talking about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that lived in Yeshua, that now can live in us. The same spirit that wants to indwell us to cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the leper. He said believers will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. They will do all these things through the Holy Spirit. He also said it is good that I go because it is I must go so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons he left is for us to receive the Holy Spirit. It's this is applicable not only to when we speak against the works of Jesus himself and as the person in the flesh today, if he was here, but in in any form of works that the Holy Spirit does. So this is really as simple as it is. Now, you may ask the question, why is it that Jesus said that the blasphemy against himself can even be forgiven, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit cannot. I want to submit to you. It is the Holy Spirit of God that is responsible for manifesting the good, clean, holy works of God on this earth. Not only that, he has been given authority and responsibility to be the witness of this age. When Jesus was here and he was walking on this earth, he was a witness in the flesh. But he was sent and he sent the Holy Spirit to be the witness on this earth until the end of the age from where he left to the end of the age. So that means that it is the Holy Spirit that is the worker of the kingdom of God in this earth today through us and in us. He comes to work the kingdom of God to bring the power of the kingdom into this world. In other words. God sees it incredibly serious when we speak against the works of his Holy Spirit, because speaking against those works is today going to be speaking directly against his kingdom. And because of that, we need to always exercise extra discernment when we are discerning what kind of spirit are behind the works. Does it have good fruit, such as the fruits of freedom that the Holy Spirit would bring? Or does it have breadfruit fruit, fruits of bondage, fruits that speak against Jesus, that speak against the kingdom of light? But I want to, however, explain to you because you may be thinking, oh, well, I think maybe you you think maybe you have blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're like, oh, no, what? Didn't I do that then? Maybe there was a time in your past when someone spoke in tongues and you didn't understand what it was. And you 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 said bad things against that. Or maybe you even simply have been having thoughts that are against the Holy Spirit or thoughts that you feel is not even of yourself, but you feel condemned by them. Now, firstly, we need to understand that when we simply read a little on from where we left off in verse 36, we read about what Jesus says about our thoughts and words, and he actually says the following. He says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. So it is not just about having a thought and now suddenly you're absolutely condemned. In fact, the, the devil himself, Satan himself, masquerades as an angel of light and can even attempt to place thoughts in our mind and you know, thoughts that are not of us, thoughts that are not of God, but thoughts that he simply placed there. And we are to have self-control. We are to take up to take our thoughts captive and say, no, that is not of me. That is not of God. Father, thank you. That's not who I am. And in that moment, you're not you are not condemned. You don't stand condemned. It is rather when we act on what we think it is rather on what, when we actually say, but not only when we just say even further when we fit the profile of the Pharisees. Now, what do I mean by that? Is the Pharisees? We need to understand they were the crowd that Jesus said to that. You are committing the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But what was their profile? Who were they? The Pharisees rejected Jesus. But not only that, they actually had a full picture of what was going on. They had a picture of someone getting delivered from a demon. They either heard of or saw the person getting delivered and now seeing the person free. They knew the person's bondage and now the person's free. They had a full picture. There was no excuse. They were aware of how the people were marveling. They were seeing the people witness what Jesus did and say, yes, praise God, this person's free. So they weren't operating under a a lack of knowledge. You see, they had full knowledge of the freedom that this person has received from the kingdom of God. Yet they were so deceived that they try to cook up a story against Jesus of that. It was the demon who set this person free, which is an impossibility in itself. In other words, their hearts were so corrupt. They were stirring up these lies. They were stirring up these things and blaspheming the Holy Spirit, saying the Holy Spirit is unclean. Why? So that the kingdom of God and the ministry of Jesus could be could be um, damaged or that was their heart. They wanted the works of Jesus to not receive the light. It has been and the the tension. It has been because it was a threat to their own reigns. It was a threat to their power, this Jesus coming in and being the son of God. Their corruption, their heart was what condemned them. And so we see that we must both speak out what we say because it's by our words we are justified and condemned. But also we must operate under a full knowledge. If we operate under total ignorance and by accident said something that was incorrect, I do believe that God will have grace on us. Because we did not do that from a heart that is wicked like the Pharisees. Rather, we then did that from a heart that is ignorant, a heart that doesn't understand what is what, what the whole picture. And so just to prove what I mean, if you remember the story of how Peter joined Yeshua, Jesus Christ on the water, we actually saw something happen there that is very similar to what happened between um, Jesus and the Pharisees here. We see how when he approached, when Jesus was on the water approaching them, we see that the disciples on the boat initially, they, when they saw him, they cried out, Oh, it's a spirit. And we only read about this here in Matthew 14, verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. And now so here, it's crazy because we're seeing the disciples themselves looking at Yeshua walking on water towards them and they, they don't understand. It's him. They haven't seen him. They just see this and they're scared and they say, oh, it's a spirit. And, they all, you know, some translations would say it's a ghost. It's a it's something that is. And they were scared. So they thought that it was something evil. They thought that maybe something that can hurt them, right? And they're saying, oh, no, it's a spirit. But then when when Jesus walked closer and he's like, no, don't worry, don't be afraid. It's me. Then they were like, oh, 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 Jesus, it's you. And, and you know, they were comforted by that and they were and they had a sudden change of heart. They were like, oh, no, it's you. OK, no, we, we didn't mean to say that, you know, we didn't mean when we say that you're a ghost. And, and Jesus, of course, understood this, right? Our father would understand that. And so in the same way, but the, the, the father would understand if we by accident saw him from far away doing something and we had a lack of the full picture, a lack of knowledge of what was actually going on and we called something out, even though that may not be the right thing to do, but even but if we did that, he will have grace on us and he will have mercy on us because we had a lack of knowledge. But the Pharisees didn't have a lack of knowledge. They had the facts before them. They had him doing good works. They saw him. They had the Pharisees were like the disciples, except imagine the Pharisees on the boat and Jesus walks closer and the Pharisees keep calling him a demon, keep calling him a ghost, keep calling him some evil spirit. Even though he's standing right before them, the Pharisees will never, even though they have the full picture, they continue to call him. A demon and calling what he does the works of demons we must be presented with the full picture before we should present uh, make a judgment but if we by accident make a judgment, the father has grace if we repent but with this all brothers and sisters we must be super careful we can 't just lightly throw around things like, oh, this is done by a demon and this is a demon and this is demonic whenever there is signs in in a church or things like that. Is there things going on in churches that are of that are of demons? Yeah, but we must be careful. When we label, we must be, make sure we know all the information. We must understand that a demon will cause destruction. A demon will cause bondage. A demon will not set someone free in the slightest way. And so if someone has been set free in any way, that is not a demon. And we should never call that a demon because we will then do the same. We will call the clean works of the Holy Spirit unclean. And so on top of this, all I want to just add as well, that if you feel like you, maybe you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit, and you're worried about it, and you're a believer in Christ, then it doesn't make sense in that you cannot have. Someone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit is already condemned and already separated from God. The Pharisees were not faced by Yeshua's words against them because they were already denying His authority and they were already condemned. If you are faced by the words of Yeshua and here in the scripture of Matthew, then you are respecting his authority. You are in love with him. You you do desire to serve him. You desire to have him in your life. And that is not how someone's heart will be who is actually um, blasphemed against the Holy Spirit because it is the very Holy Spirit that gives you that desire. If you have a desire to be close to God, if you have a desire to not be displeasing to God in your life, if you have a desire to serve him, it must that desire can only come from the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit has given that desire to you, then you are not not separated from him. You are not condemned by him. You are being drawn in and closer by him. That means that he is bringing freedom to you and he wants you to use you to bring freedom to others. He's not condemned you. So don't let the enemy tell you, even if you've had bad thoughts against Holy Spirit, even if you've uh, maybe said something out of ignorance, if you have a repentant heart towards this, that means that you haven't truly blasphemed him in your heart and in actions the way that the Pharisees did, because the Holy Spirit is drawing you to him. And he wouldn't do that if you're, you are condemned already. And so with this, we need to answer the question of how should we properly exercise discernment? You know, when we look at um, the disciples and how there is an account where they come to their Messiah, to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, there is this other man, we don't know him and he's casting out demons. What are we to do with him? And we read about this in Mark 9, verse 38. And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name and he followed not us. And we forbade him because he follows not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can likely speak evil of me, for he that is not against us is on our part. Now, you see what the disciples did here. They saw a man that was not in their denomination, if you will, because they weren't following with them. They weren't with them. They weren't in the same circle. But this other, this other, this other man was casting out demons in the name of Jesus as well, and so they didn't go and tell that man. Maybe that man may have had even theology that's not in agreement with them, or a doctrine, or you know, we don't know exactly. But they felt uncomfortable. Disciples, they felt uncomfortable with this man. Did they go, though, however, and and just say, well, he's doing so by demons? No, they didn't. They under even though they may have not been in agreement with everything that this man did or they were unsure of him. They could still recognize that he was doing things in the name of Jesus. And they may have even seen that there was fruit that came from that. And so because they were unsure, they told him, no, stop doing that. Please don't, you know, No, don't do that. But Jesus corrected them and said, no, don't forbid him. If he is not against me, he is for me. You know, and that's the same thing he said with the Pharisees. He that is, he there is you either gather or you scatter, you're either for me or you're against me. And so this other man that the disciples bumped into, he was for the kingdom of God. He was for Jesus, because he was using the name of Jesus to do good works. And so this means that we shouldn't forbid someone from casting on demons, or operating in spiritual giftings, or any power of the Holy Spirit, even if they're just in a different denomination, or even if they may not agree or have the same perfect theology as we do, rather we—they sh- are for us. They are with us. We're in the same team. But rather, it's those who speak against God. It's those who 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 are like the Pharisees, who call him a demon, who 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 basically try and make and mix things up, but. God is saying there are two kingdoms in this world and those who are on the one side, if they're on your side, if even if you don't agree on everything, don't just call them demons. You need to not forbid them and you need to allow them to continue. And then, of course, correct them where necessary, correct them if there is fault, correct them. If there is bad doctrine, correct them. Praise God. But don't automatically assume because someone has a different belief in terms of the truth, in terms of commandments or a doctrine or whatever, that all the Holy Spirit activity in their life is automatically from a different spirit. A demon will not cast out demons. A demon will not truly heal. A demon will not truly do the things that God does in this world. God is the one all good things come of. And Satan and the kingdom of darkness is the place that all the bad things come of. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. But our God comes came to bring us life and give us life more abundantly. All right, brothers and sisters, I hope that this teaching has blessed you and given you clarity on the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so I hope that this is may also have given you peace on that. Maybe you thought you blasphemed the Holy Spirit. But I want to say that if you're watching this and you're worried, you're okay. the Holy Spirit has drawn you to this for more teachings like this one, subscribe to this YouTube channel and make sure you hit the bell icon to never miss the next video. A special shout out and thank you to the patrons and partners of this ministry who has made this video as well as the other videos in this month possible. Blessings and shalom.